right now. Today is the day that you choose to change the rest of your life. It is time to turn your setback into the greatest comeback story ever told. And nobody is more capable than you. This is the Ranting Weight Watcher Podcast, the future number one weight loss podcast in the world. I am your host, Donato Russo. I hope you enjoy the show today. If this is your first time here and you enjoy the show, please subscribe and spread the word of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast wherever you are and to whomever will listen. If you'd like to connect on social media or wherever else, check out my Linktree page, Linktree forward slash the Ranting Weight Watcher. Let's connect today. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 140 of the Ranting Weight Watcher podcast. If this is your first time here, I hope you enjoy the show. Please consider subscribing. And whatever platform you're using to listen to the show, whatever podcast app or whatever it is, if there is a way to rate the show or leave feedback on the show, please consider doing so. Most of all, if the show has changed you and has helped you in any way, shape, or form, the one thing I ask of you is if there's anybody in your life or anybody you know any way possible that is going through the same thing we're going through, if you know this show will help them too, share the show with them. That's the way the show grows. The more people listen, the better the show gets. It's as simple as that. That's all I ask is that you share the show. Now, let's not waste any more time. Let's get into this. Journey updates. Big loss this week. Down 4.6 pounds. Total loss for the month of May. 3 pounds. Total lost since January 2019, 163.8 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 175-pound milestone is 11.2 pounds. Pounds remaining to get to the 200-pound milestone is 36.2 pounds. Week 5 of my transition to a lower-carb uh, lifestyle here has ended well. We All five days were a success. I had no trouble whatsoever. Now, just to give you a rundown, the averages went like this. Week five calorie average was 2,348 calories per day. The goal is 2,300. We started at 2,652, so we're doing really well there. Week 5 protein average is 237 grams per day. The goal is 229 grams. And where we started was 188 grams per day. So that's looking pretty good too. Carbohydrates for week 5 averaged at 229 grams per day. Our goal is 144 grams per day. And baseline, when we started all of this, 
we were at 406 grams per day. So that is looking really good as well. Week five fat average is 65 grams per day. Our goal is to get to 90 grams per day. And we started at 45 grams per day. Now, I, I think I already mentioned this, but we are still in the midst of phase one. And for phase two, the plan at this point is to get carbs from 229 or over 200, I should say, to under 200. So 199. That's going to be the next phase on our way to 144. So we're doing this incrementally. If this is your first time here, we don't, I don't do anything instantly because that means it's, it's a lot harder to do. If you consider where I started out, 406 grams per day was carbs. And I want to get to 144. To go from 406 to 144, it would have been too much all at once. If you really think about it, I almost cut it in half here. And even that was a lot considering where I was and where I am. But it's it's paying off. Let's just say it like that. Let's be real here for a second. It is really paying off. You know, I don't often celebrate success. And there's a reason for that. I don't know if you've heard all the old episodes or whatever it is, if you have gone back to the beginning or not. In 2004, when I had the gastric bypass surgery, the amount of success I achieved in the short amount of time that I achieved it was astronomical. You might think, oh, that's wonderful. What's wrong with that? The problem is there's a process. And I only know the process now, doing it this way. And that process is to learn how to change your behavior in the process so that you can keep the success you make. And so that's exactly what really happened to me here. It was so quick. It was so successful. I was down 180, 183 pounds in a year. From 2004 to 2005, I went down 183 pounds. There was zero time to learn new habits, rituals, Zero time. People like me who have had gastric bypass surgery, I don't know if the doctors they had ever told them, but somewhere between 40 and 50% of the people that have weight loss surgery end up gaining all of their weight back and more. Close to 50%, if not 50%. These are, I'm going by very old numbers. The number now could be completely different. But it was, it was a little over 40%. And now I'm hearing it's a lot closer to 50%. When I was losing all that weight so quickly, I went from 460 pounds to 277 pounds. It became like I could do no wrong. I walked around with this arrogance, so to speak, that there was no possible way that I was ever going back, that I was keeping this success for the rest of my life. 
with this attitude comes a very, very nonchalant, relaxed, uh, careless way of behaving. And nothing is a big deal. And the things that you should be serious about, you become very relaxed about. For example, something that you have to do is measure your food, track your food, weigh your food, all of these things. And you start to believe you can eyeball it. You start to believe that because you do this every day, you know what you're doing. You don't need any of the tools that you were given. And it never comes back all at once, right? If you got relaxed and you gained 20 pounds because of you got relaxed, you would recognize it right away. And you'd say, holy moly, I really messed up here. And you'd hit the brakes and you'd go right back to work. But that's not the way it happens. It happens very slowly over time. And the gains that come along with this process are never a big deal. Oh, it's not a big deal. Give yourself some grace. Whatever words you need to say the amount of success that has been achieved far outweighs what looks like the current failure. The problem with this is the trend is more important than the current week. We tend to believe that the work we do in seven days shows up on weigh-in day. And that's not, it's just not how it goes. And this is part of the reason why I've adapted my journey that I will never make changes to what I'm doing unless I see three gains in a row. I'm willing to watch the scale go up three times before I look at my work and say, what needs to change? If the scale does not go up three times in a row, I will not look at my work. I will continue going through the process. And we go, and we go, and we go. This confidence you ride for a very long time. If I had to be honest, I'd say I wrote it, let's say until I got married, 2007. I wrote it until 2007, and then I started to go into denial. When the people closest to you see that you've had such success and then the people closest to you notice that you're going the wrong direction, the people closest to you start talking and they, they come to you sometimes and they ask, hey, what's going on? You seem to be going in the wrong direction. So now, because of the level of success, you could almost always brush this off. And you can say, oh, it's no big deal. It's under control, whatever the case may be. You say what you need to say so that you appease the person asking the question. But 
eventually the gains mount up, they build up. And so I found myself on my in my wedding in the time of my wedding I found myself looking at the scale at that time and realizing I had gained a significant amount of weight back. I believe it was like 30 or 30 pounds or 35 or 40 pounds something like that. Still well over 100 pounds lost but gained a significant amount back. Still fitting into the smallest clothes I've, I've attained by that time. So when I originally got the surgery, I was a 60-inch waist. And in the one-year span where I lost that 183 pounds, I was down to a 42-inch waist. So at the time where I had gained the weight back, I was still wearing clothes that were a 42-inch waist. It's not as if I needed to go and buy new clothes again. I didn't gain enough weight in order to do that. Now, I mean, the majority of us knows that the sizes that are what are on the, on the shelves these days, they're not always trans, they're not always representative of the number that's on printed on the pants. So it might say 42 on the pants, but if we really took a tape measure and measured the material, it might be bigger. Or you might wear them in a way where it's kind of under the stomach and manipulate a situation and your real waistline is ignored, in which case you would be bigger. In my case, I would say that the pants were just either stretched out or they were oversized to begin with. They weren't really a 42-inch waist. One of the two. It took a total of 15 years for me to realize what I had done. I've told this story many times. To realize that I had ruined everything. And to step on a scale, force myself to step on a scale, and see that I was 403 in my life again. I didn't go all the way back to 460, but got close enough. I mean, really, what's 57 pounds at that point? How much longer would it have taken me if I kept going the way I was going? The week after I did this, I ended up in a Weight Watchers studio. And I weighed in on that scale, 390, 395.6. That was my official starting weight with Weight Watchers. This time feels very different than the first time with the surgery. And I remember when I started, I used to say that. I said, this time just feels different. It just feels different this time. I couldn't explain why, just that it felt different. And I wouldn't ever allow myself to really celebrate successes all in the name of the fact that of what happened when I was at 277. But here I sit and I'm feeling very proud 
of this particular week. The scale result this week is not just a scale result. It represents so many things. It represents, number one, recognizing that I was not losing, that I was maintaining. It, re- it represents the quest to find out what was re- my real situation, not seeing my situation week to week. The biggest problem a lot of us have is we keep forgetting the big picture. You can't see a trend in seven days. That's not how it works. You can't see overall trends. So if you keep your eyes on just this Saturday or whatever way and day is for you, if you're constantly on that particular result, you're never going to see the entire picture of where you're going. And I've used this analogy before. If a person who's laying tile on the floor, he puts the first tile down and the tile that he places, according to his measurements, is one-eighth of an inch off of the way he's supposed to put it. In whatever direction. Doesn't really matter. One-eighth of an inch from the first placement. By the time he gets to the other side of the room, he's so far off course that he has to start over again. It's the same idea. If you pay attention week to week and only pay attention week to week and treat every individual week's result as a, a, an acute moment, this moment, this particular moment represents this moment in time. It doesn't represent an overall trend. It doesn't represent anything else of your actual behavior. You'll never see it. You have to voluntarily apply this as a trend. And in order to do that, you have to look backwards to see your behavior and what results you have been given because of your behavior. I had to go back to 2022 when I got the 150-pound charm. I had to go back that far on my scale results in order to see that the line graph that represents my journey flattened out after that. There are slight variations up and slight variations down. But the overall, when I go from the beginning, is a slope. But then from the day that I hit 150, the line straightens out. And it stayed straight until about a month ago. In March, I started to realize this. Started to realize that, hey, I'm not really going anywhere here. I'm dancing between 148 pounds lost and 157 pounds lost for God knows how long. And then that's when I decided to look at the scale or look at the bar graph that is my journey and see exactly when it started. 
and we were talking about 10 months of time. I had mentioned this in the podcast. When I realized that this 10 months of time was basically maintaining, I quickly went into how best can I correct this? We're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. I now present to you the Ranting Weight Watcher Accountability Creed. If you choose this day to say this creed, you are accountable to me, the author. You are also accountable to all of those before you who have taken the creed and all of those after you who will take the creed. But most of all, you are accountable to yourself. Now recite with me the accountability creed. Nothing can stand in my way because I choose to be unstoppable. My challenges crumble in my presence because I choose strength when I am weak. My insecurities have no power over my life because I choose confidence in the face of fear. I own every last one of my mistakes because I choose growth over mediocrity. The mirror and the scale are powerless because I move forward in spite of the result. Circumstances are not obstacles because I see solutions instead of problems. The demons of my past can no longer torment me because I choose to renew my mind daily. All things are possible as long as I believe because if God is for me, who can be against me? This is the creed I declare each day. It is about what I do, not what I say. I will learn the work that needs to be done. I will never stop, even when I've won. I will work consistently, no matter the cost. I refuse to believe that all hope is lost. I will work when I want to. I will work when I don't. I will work when they are cheering. I will work when they won't. I will work when it's easy. I will work when it's hard. The atonements that I've made are made with no regard. I will work when it's cold. I will work when it's hot because choices have consequences, justified or not. When I think I know it all, I will start back at one because regardless of what I think, the work is never done. And from this moment forward, when times are tough, I choose to believe that I am enough. And we are back. Thanks for sticking with me. And believe it or not, I had purchased a book probably a year before I actually touched it. And that was the Unlock Your Macro Type. It sat on a bookshelf 
for a year before I touched it and decided to finally start reading it. So I read it. And then the book gave me knowledge that I didn't, number one, I didn't have. And number two, it gave me knowledge that caused me to ask questions. And as I was going through, I was asking more questions and more questions and more questions. All of the information I was being given by the book led to more curiosity. And the one thing I never have been able to do in my life is really implement the pursuit of knowledge by method of reading. I mean, I, I, I can read. I'm not saying I can't read. I'm saying I don't have the intention span for it. I immersed myself in this quest. And then I decided to test it out. Let's test these theories out. Let's see where I'm out at first and let's track everything on a macro level to see what is the true value of the food that I eat. Because all of this stuff I had been doing, all within my points for WW. I was following the WW plan. There is so much to be proud of when I look at this scale weigh-in. Because, number one, I obtained, I obtained knowledge that I didn't otherwise have. I took that knowledge and I created a plan. And then I implemented that plan. And this weigh-in here, these last three weigh-ins, are showing the fruit of that plan. It is one thing to guess your way through things. You never really know what caused it. But the method of which that I chose to do these things, I found out really quick I was abusing carbohydrates on a level that I didn't otherwise realize. I was, and believe it or not, the majority of the carbohydrates I was eating at 406 was coming from fruit. I would have told you without a shadow of a doubt, I'm living a high-protein, low-carb lifestyle before I did all this. And then when I did all this, I realized, whoa, you're nowhere near that. It's time to change things. So it wasn't just about elimination. It was also about addition. I had to replace carbohydrates with other food to tip the scales. I'm, I'm deciding to chase things on a macro level and macro level shows you four numbers to pay attention to. Calories, protein, carbs, fat. And what you're doing, what you're eating will tip the scales in each way. The good thing about this is when you're short on one thing, you're heavy on another thing. So it's just about transferring. We can't have the audacity to say we want the results 
of the 2% of the people that walk, that walk in this lifestyle. We can't say we want their results, but yet we refuse to do 98% of the work. We can't do that. It's impossible. We can't have the audacity to walk around saying we want the same results that all of the two percenters get. And yet, when we hear what the two percenters do, we look at them and say they're crazy. They're obsessed. They really have something wrong. They flip their lid. They're too far the other direction. No, they're just doing what the 2% do to achieve what the 2% do. And your ability to become part of the 2% is solely limited by one thing, your will to do the same. What are we talking about here? How do we achieve this? The key to all of the success, the key to the path to the 2%ers is discipline. It's all it is. Discipline is probably the most important thing you learn. You see, there's a bunch of people, you hear them all the time in the workshops and everything else, and they say, I got to change my mindset. I'm working on my mindset. They haven't understood yet that the mindset is not something you can work directly on. The mindset comes from doing other things at a higher level. Stay with me for right now. The mindset comes when you achieve success by making changes in your life. You're going to make a change and you're going to think it's the right change. And you may fail. You may tweak it and you might fail again. You might tweak it again. Now you succeed. That moment, where you realized I did what I took to get to this point and I achieved this success right here in this moment. That moment is mindset building more than anything else. It's not just a scale result. It's not just your health. It is mindset building in that moment. Why? Because you saw a problem. You tried something. You failed. You tried something else. You failed. You tried again. And you succeeded. Growth happens in failure. This is how the mindset changes. By doing things that might actually cause you to fail. That might actually cause you to be uncomfortable. You don't actually think about it. There is no thinking about it. There is only doing. That's all there is. You get up in the morning at five o'clock in the morning and you do, and you do, and you do, and you do, and you do until you put your head back down on the pillow and you go back to sleep. This is how the mindset changes. This is how discipline is achieved because regardless of what's going on in your life, regardless of how you feel, regardless of of any situation that would give you an out, you do. The path to discipline is simply doing. Everyone here that's listening to my voice, 
knows what they need to do. I don't need to go over any of it, but I will anyway. Every plan on this planet has a set of core values that if done consistently will bring you success. And if your answer when you look at these things is to say, well, how could I get away with not doing them? You're already going the wrong direction. I don't feel like tracking. It doesn't matter that you don't feel like tracking. I don't feel like washing the measuring cups after I weigh and measure everything. It doesn't matter that you don't feel like washing them. Oh, I can eyeball it. It doesn't matter that you think you can eyeball it. Literally, nothing matters. Anything that would give you an out does not matter. It only matters that you do. Everything that's required according to the core values. The accuracy of which you do those things does not have to be perfect. You have to do it consistently. And you have to do it when you don't feel like it. Discipline is born when you do things when you have everybody saying you don't have to. When everyone's looking at you and saying that's not necessary, you're probably going in the right direction. Because the majority of the people when someone is really into what they're doing, if they have become on a level of obsession, if they are so engaged in what they are doing that they live it, they breathe it, they sleep it, every moment of their day is thinking of it. Every time they are three feet from someone, they are telling someone about it. This is required. To be that engaged in what you're doing is required to become the 2%. Am I telling you this because I think I'm part of the 2%? I'm nowhere near the 2%, but I know it's required. I know it's required based on where I am right now. I know what I had to do to get back to this 163 pounds down. I'm still, I lost more weight on the gastric bypass. I lost 183 pounds. That's 20 additional pounds that I lost. And that took no discipline because I didn't change anything. I altered my body instead. And we saw how temporary those results were. But now, we learn from that mistake. And we see that If it comes quickly, it leaves just as quickly. And it really becomes a long road. Everything that you do has to be earned. No shortcuts. You just do. Achieving discipline is the key to success in anything that you do. 
It's the key to success to change your mindset. It's the key to success in business. It is the key to success in health. It is even the key to success in a spiritual walk. If you're trying to be closer to God, discipline can be applied there the same way it can be applied anywhere. We are so adamant about protecting our emotions in anything. We are so unwilling to face the uncomfortable truths of what we do. We don't realize that those, your ability to uh, avoid that uncomfortability is also the jail cell you put yourself in. I've told this in, in a past episode. So many of us, our mind, the way our mind works, we're basically in a jail cell. And we scream and yell that we want out. Somebody come get me out of here. Somebody help me. Somebody, I need to break free of this, of what's going on in my life. And yet, as they're sitting there crying, they're holding the keys to everything in their own hands. And they just don't want to do it. You might say, well, Don, you're being very pushy today. You're making me feel very uncomfortable. I don't like it. You've forgotten what it is to be in this position. You know how they say, you always hear it in the workshop. You hear people say, well, that doesn't work for me or that didn't work for me. And they tell you this with confidence. You know why? Because somebody told them along the way that everybody loses weight differently and what works for one person to lose weight may not work for someone else. And you know what? All of this is true. I'm not contradicting any of it. But what people don't realize when they spout this, when they say this out of their mouth, oh, that didn't work for me. That doesn't work for me. I tried it. It didn't work. When people say things like that, they don't realize that it is a double-edged sword. I've talked about double-edged swords many times in episodes past. This is one of the biggest ones. Because if you can say, well, that didn't work for me. And you could say it with confidence and say, okay, well, everybody's body is different. So what works for me may not work for you. You also have to say that about what used to work. Everybody gets to a point where things that they used to do regularly, they come to a point where they don't work. Somebody who walks every day a mile, in the beginning, they might lose a bunch of weight for walking a mile. Eventually, 
they're not moving anywhere. And so they decide to up it to two miles and the scale starts moving again. Had they stayed at a mile, they would stay right where they were and never get to the point where they're losing again. And the only thing that separated them is their ability to see that what they used to do and what used to work for them no longer works. The same way people have to change their exercise because their body becomes in better shape and what worked for them in the beginning stops working for them. The same thing goes with eating. What you used to eat and get away with eating and still lose weight in the beginning doesn't work so much when you're years into it. Regardless of what the situation is, the only thing that separates you from where you are to where you want to be is you. And you could sit here and you could say, well, that didn't work for me. This doesn't work for me. And you could say that with confidence, but you have to also say, that used to work for me, but it doesn't work for me anymore. And I have to make some changes. I talked earlier about how the mind is like a jail cell and how we're all sitting in the jail cell and we're screaming how we want to be let out. Please help me. Please help me get out. I want to get out. I don't deserve to be here. I never did anything wrong. Why am I here? I want to get out. And while you're doing all this stuff, while you're flailing your arms and screaming at the top of your lungs and wasting a bunch of breath, the key is in your hand. And all you need to do is stick it in the keyhole and get out. The decision is yours. Well, that's too hard to do. I shouldn't have to do that. It doesn't matter if it's too hard. Well, you don't understand how I feel. It doesn't matter if I understand. My feelings and your feelings, they don't matter. You see, when you stood up in the beginning on your first visit to WW Studio or wherever you went, and you said, these are my goals, this is what I'm doing, and you made all of these wonderful declarations over your life. You didn't realize it then, but when you were making all these declarations of all of the stuff you were gonna accomplish, you were making a list of things to work on. The only person that can do that work is you, regardless of how you feel. You set the goals. No one else did that for you. No one else said you're gonna accomplish all of these things. You said them. You set the goals. You set up all the rules involved. Now only you separates you from them and your realization of that. If you want what you say you want, you have to do what you have to do. You created the goals. You also created the list of work. Now you could sit here and complain or you can get to work.
I love each and every one of you. God bless you all.